Authors Over 50, Writing in Life's Sweetest Third. Authors Over 50's weekly podcast celebrates writers and their journeys to publication. Writing after 50 is a whole story on its own, so let's skip to Life's Sweetest Third and talk with authors about their journey from pen to publish. Welcome, I'm Julia Daly, your host, and I invite you to listen to interviews with writers who've achieved their goal of publishing a book just later in life. We've seen award lists for under 30 or under 40, but I've yet to see lists for those who've achieved a significant milestone of their own, launching a new career and publishing their first book after the age of 50. We will hear about these authors' inspirations, struggles, strategies, and the smell of that first book. These writers' journeys inspire me because I'm one of them. My guest today is the author of her debut novel, Messenger, a finalist for the Feathered Quill 2022 Awards, and author-creator of the serial podcast, Messenger, a novel in 16 episodes, which she launched in 2020. She earned an MA in English from the University of Virginia. Her short stories have appeared in many literary magazines and journals. In addition to fiction writing, Liz has spent her professional life writing and teaching. Her last teaching post was co-leading a memoir writing class at the city jail. We'll definitely have to hear more about that venture. She shares her current 1891 home located in one of Richmond's oldest neighborhoods with her husband, and her second floor writing desk overlooks the James River. Sounds idyllic. Welcome to Authors Over 50, Liz Keller Whitehurst. Thank you so much, Julia. It is a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Well, I'm so delighted to have you. I love um, old homes and have restored a lot of those, and the James River sounds just wonderful, so you have a great place to write. I really do. Um, uh, We live in a part of Richmond called Church Hill, um, which is really one of the oldest neighborhoods here. So it's very full of history um, and beautiful architecture, parks. Um, and it was, it's sort of, a, um, this ties in with our conversation today. Um, it was a dream of my husband and I to live here someday. And we, re- we raised our daughter and lived for 30 years um, in a newer part, um, actually one of the surrounding counties of the city. Um, and then once she kind of took wing, we um, started dreaming again about getting up here and through really unusual circumstances found this, this home that does have such a beautiful view. Um, we're sort of up on a, it's a hill, church hill, up on a hill. And we look down actually, as I'm talking with you, I'm looking down on the river and there's some people fishing today Mm -hmm. and the buds on the trees are coming out, a little bit of green. Um, So it's very beautiful. Well, Liz, our first question on authors over 50 is always, what took you so long to write your first book? Well, I have been writing all along since I was a teenager. 
and have written multiple books, but this was the first book that I was able to um, find a publisher for. So it's actually the culmination of a long, long journey. Well, and then you took a very unique journey. We want to hear about how you placed your novel in a podcast. Well, I had written Messenger um, and in had I have an agent and an agent was representing me and we were getting a lot, um, you know, we, their book was ready to go. Um, we were getting a lot of reads, but no takers. And then it was the holiday. This was the end of 2019. Then it was the holidays. And then in spring of 2020, we all know what happened, COVID. Um, and so we just realized that the chances of this book, um, you know, being published in the traditional way, particularly at that time, were getting slimmer and slimmer. I felt that my book, that Messenger had a message and was timely for the challenges and struggles we were going through. Um, and so um, I woke up the day before my birthday in 2020 with a message that I had to figure out a way to get this story out. My first thought was to make it um, an online blog and just you know offer it, but I really wanted to do it episodically, sort of as they did um, in the 19th century. They that's how all novels were published. They would come out serially in magazines, and people would wait, you know, with bated breath, what was going to happen to their favorite characters. And I think there were even some riots when magazines, you know, weren't delivered in time for people to find out. Sort of, I guess, like the, uh, our soap operas of today. Anyway, um, I talked with some creative friends of mine and, you know, bouncing these ideas around. And one of them in particular, Rachel Pater, said, what about a podcast? You know, people, um, podcasts were becoming um, more popular at that time. And um, people, this was when Zoom was Zooming. Um, and people were practically on screen 24 seven. And she said, you know, I think you would just be, it would work so much better as a podcast because people can listen as they're walking or doing the dishes or just trying to relax and kind of deal with, with this new reality. And so she had experience with making podcasts. She had done several herself and is um, a vocal actor. And so she offered to narrate it. And um, our team sort of fell into place. So it happened very quickly. Um, we came up with the idea in March of 2020 and we launched it in the summer. And so we divided the, my book, it was very well suited to a podcast because it's told for multiple in multiple narrative forms. Um, short um, segments. Um, it's very character driven. So anyway, it was very well suited for that format. And so we, uh, we launched it in 16 episodes, divided the book in 16 episodes, um, did some other things with it. Um, one of the things that was the most exciting 
was inviting our listeners to send in their own real life messages that they had received, life-changing messages that they had received. And so we were able to do two bonus episodes, just of those, recording those, which was really beautiful. And so um, it ended up being a wonderful creative COVID project. And because of, um, I guess, timing, and I had developed, um, you know, a listening community around the book, was able to get um, a publisher interested in um, that in the fall of 2020. And then um, Messenger came out. Actually, it was 2021, early 2021. And the print version of Messenger came out um, in October 2021. So that's sort of the story. <laughs> um, very um, unconventional, but um, appropriate and um, successful for this book. Well, I'm just so impressed with that. I'm, I'm seeing a, a lot of buzz around your book. And, and I think coming out in that unconventional way just brought such more, much more attention to it than, you know, just launching a print book right off the bat. So that's very exciting. It has been. And, you know, I've been at, and I've actually been so um, grateful, been asked to do a, a lot of writing, you know, around that using that process as a way to get published. And honestly, it was no great, you know, strategic plan or anything. It was truly organic. It was truly um, a heartfelt sense that um, Messenger had something to offer people um, at this time. Um, and step-by-step, step, it happened. Well, it worked, and I would certainly take the praise and say, yes, it was our strategic plan all along. <laughs> well, tell us about this novel, because it is uh, unique and has a wonderful uh, premise. Thank you. Yes. Well, Messenger is set in New York City, and it tells the story of uh, this mysterious uh, woman who is going around the city giving life-changing messages to seemingly random people. And Alana, who is a young journalist who is seeking to make her name um, by telling Messenger's story. So that is the premise. And they do meet and a relationship is formed and um, through a series of circumstances, um, Alana shifts the trajectory of the story. Um, and the ending is, is quite unexpected to Alana and to, hopefully to the reader as well. Well, why don't you take a, a few minutes to uh, read a passage to us from the book? I would love to. Let me set it up quickly. This is the very first page of the book. Um, the book is, as I said earlier, is set up using multiple narrative forms. So we have Messenger's composition book. We have Alana's notebook. There's a narrative, more traditional narrative that runs through it. We have lists. We have um, texts. So there are, lot, there are lots of different forms 
that are used to tell the story. And this first section starts with an entry in Messenger's composition book. This is um, a book that Alana asked Messenger to keep because she's trying any way she can to get the information she needs to write this story. So this is Messenger's composition book. Call me Messenger. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious or worried. Everything's going to be okay. You want to know, no, no. Want me to write it all down. Well, I like to write. Ooh, I love this notebook. Lots of clean blank pages. They smell so good. You think you're pinning me down, honey, but you're in for a surprise. Everybody is. Oh, well, if it'll make you happy, here goes. You want to understand what's going on here, what I've been trying to do? Well, you know how in books or stories, writers will use lots of symbols instead of saying what they really mean. Something stands for something else. This won't be like that. I'm going to tell you what's what, but don't expect too much. Look, you can't figure it all out, no matter how hard you try. Let's just say the swerves, a hint, a wink, a little nudge along the right path. This is how it's done. You wait and wait. You won't know it's coming. You wake up one morning, it's sunny or it's cloudy. You get up early or snooze for a while, doesn't matter. The day will seem like any other. What I mean is you will have no idea anything's about to happen to you. That just around the corner, on your way to work or to the store, the message will come. You'll realize everything that's happened in your life, whether you ate pancakes or oatmeal every morning for five years as a child, whether you like blue, whether you're right or left-handed, every single thing you've ever done or thought or experienced will come into play. You might feel happy or elated or afraid or terrified or wanna cry or laugh or scream, doesn't matter. It's like having a baby, ready or not, here it comes and it's yours now forever. So if you're smart, tuned in or whatever you wanna call it, you'll watch for it all the time. You know the end of the story, even if you don't know the particulars or the big W when. Doesn't matter how much you wish for it or want to get it over with, depending on your temperament, doesn't matter. Until the time is right, no amount of fretting or sweating will make it come. So don't begin that game at all. Your message will arrive when it's good and ready. I love that. I love your voice and, and your words. And I wonder where your inspiration was for this unique book. Well, that's another um, journey. Um, the idea for this book came to me um, a long time ago, in 2013, actually. Um, I was going through probably the biggest challenge of my life, um, and I was living temporarily in New York City. My daughter was having health problems. She had a seemingly undiagnosable health condition um, and was struggling. She was in college up there. And so I went up um, to be with her and we were, we were getting medical help um, through doctors there in the city while she was trying to finish her semester. 
And so I was, as a mother, I was extremely worried, um, knowing it was serious and not being able to get any answers, just longing, longing um, for answers to this, this problem. And so while she was in class, I would just walk the streets around our where we were staying and um, just look in people's faces and wonder, you know, are you struggling as I am? Do you wish that you had the answer um, that you seek so, so desperately? Um, and wouldn't it be wonderful if someone would just walk up to me and say, this is what is wrong with your daughter. This is the answer. And so um, that was really what got this whole ball rolling. And the other thing that got that was related to that time period was as a writer, um, I was, you know, I use writing as a way of processing my life and understanding it and, and also just to calm myself. And so um, I would, you know, I would observe people, conversations, settings, um, things that delighted me, things that disturbed me. And so I would just sketch, I would just, you know, do some writing around it um, as a means of um, keeping my sanity. And so all the um, descriptions that are in this book um, as um, Messenger and Alana are walking and talking are actual experiences that I observed in New York at that time. So they are actual descriptions of um, settings and people um, experiences that I witnessed while I was there. The happy news is that we did, we were a brilliant young doctor um, at Wild Cornell Medical Center was able to diagnose my daughter and she's fine and thriving. And we all got through that time period. And also as a result of that, we have this book. <laughs> And I'm fascinated by the real life messages, the actual people who reached out to you. That was really building a community around your book. And I'm sure there are some really important messages that came through to you. It was so exciting. And people continue to do that all the time. It's almost like people like to tell about, I don't know, supernatural experiences they've had, you know, when they know that you're sort of open to this. Um, it, it happens that I'm, almost every time I do a book signing or a talk or anything, people will say, well, you know, something like this happened to me. And then they'll tell me their story. Um, mm -hmm. So yes, the both of those bonus episodes, I just love so much because people were so generous in sharing. And messages would come um, from, of those accounts. Um, sometimes it's from a stranger. Sometimes it's from people they know that um, deliver the message, something that they need to hear at just the right time. Um, some of them were supernatural and that they felt that they were getting a message from a, a beloved um, you know, who had passed. And then some of them, sort of like what I was just describing my own message, you've got to get the story out, um, were internal, were just messages that seem to come to them from, from who knows where. Well, that's been my favorite part of the writing journey is hearing from 
um, people who had adoption in their own families, because that was my story. I was an adopted child. And so I I wrote that thread of memoir in my own book, No Names to Be Given. And just hearing from other adopted children, from birth mothers and from adoptive parents, you know, has been just so important. And I think as writers, when we get that feedback from people who, you know, really loved our books and and felt something important from them, I think that's got to be our our greatest uh, reward uh, for writing the books. That is beautiful, Joy, and that is so powerful. You know, you opened up a channel that these people would feel safe to come and and share. Um, and and that is that is so powerful that the that means of connection um, means so yes. much. And I love talking to all of you writers because we all love to write and we all love to get our thoughts on paper, but uh, so many of us do not like the marketing end of, of this. And now writers have to be their own publicist unless you have separate publicists. Have you found anything um, that works well or didn't work that you would tell our listeners about as far as marketing the book? Well, it was interesting because, you know, I had the podcast first, um, which I tried, you know, to market and promote. And I did. um, Sadly, I am not a marketer. Um, I used to actually do marketing work, but have really been out of that field um, in the last, you know, as everything has changed with social media. I'm not an expert in social media by any means. So I hired someone just to do social media work for me for the podcast, but not a true publicist and, and found that we really, we, it was very hard to get anywhere to get any traction. And so um, through the suggestion of my agent, I did hire um, a a publicist through um, a company called Books Forward and it has been invaluable. It is not cheap. We will, we all know that. Um, but I mean, unless you are a professional marketer yourself or have extensive experience, it's just so wonderful to say, this is not that you're not involved very directly. I mean, we must be emailing three and four and five times a day about different things. So it's still obviously your responsibility and up to you, but um, that is, it's just been invaluable because um, I'm not an expert um, and I've had wonderful opportunities that I, I really suspect I would, well, I know I wouldn't have had if I had not had that um, assistance. Liz, do you save time to read yourself? Do you have any time to read? <laughs> I love, well, that's my favorite thing in the world. Um, and yes, I love reading and I've, um, I've been really interested and I love to read anything. I love fiction. I love fiction, but I love nonfiction. I love memoir. Um, I, uh, I'm just interested. I love to read, um, about theology and spirituality. Um, just love lots of different types of, of writing. Is there anything that you're reading right now that you'd recommend? I am reading a really 
a long, interesting book called The Books of Jacob. And it's written by, I actually have it right here because I'm nervous to say her name. She's a Nobel Prize winner. It's Olga Tarkovsky. And um, if you are a writer, to read this book, it's like reading, um, well, she's Polish, but she, it's like reading the Russians. It's like they've, she's just created this incredible detailed world um, that I'm, I'm just fascinated with the story. It's actually based on some historical figures. Um, and amazingly, um, it's set right in um, the, the U- Polish or Ukraine geographical area. So, so many of the, of the, of the cities that she talks about and describes are, are the geography that we're learning from a very um, tragic and horrible um, perspective right now. Um, but the ability, what I always am intrigued and about, love as a reader, but then I'm also fascinated craft-wise as a writer, is when a world is created that is so complex and detailed and real. Um, a writing teacher um, taught me about this concept of the, of the um, narrative dream that the sign of good writing is that you never awaken from the narrative dream. Anything that kind of wakes you up a little bit or jars you is something's not quite right there. But when a writer can create a narrative dream that you truly are in another reality, I just admire that so much. (laughs) Oh, yes. And you've done that very well yourself. And I have to listen to editors sometimes who say, you threw me right out of that story, just like you were throwing me out of a car. And I was like, really? That was just a mild description. How could that throw you anywhere? And Julia, don't you hate it when, when it's one of your favorite parts that you read? Yes. <laughs> when you Where thought, they're making oh, us that kill. Was really good. Yes, that, that was my best paragraph in the whole book. <laughs> no, no. Yep. Didn't work. Didn't work for them. Well, you know, we we writers over 50, especially those of us who have created a debut book after the age of 50 are a real interesting set. And I just wondered if you have any advice for all of us writers over 50. Well, I was just delighted with your whole podcast premise because I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, that angle. And you really are the first um, person to ask me about it, which I find, I don't know what that means, but I find it interesting. I think actually, you know, and probably most writers have ambitions, um, even if maybe you haven't done writing, there's, there's something in the back of your mind, some dream that has created this longing um, that then you act on. Um, you know, when the time is right or when, when the timing comes for you. Um, but I just think it's a great time in my life. I would have, lo- you know, I love for it. I long for it. The character of Alana, a lot of her, um, the young journalist, she's trying to make a name for herself and she's very ambitious, um, voices a lot of the feelings I had as a younger woman 
of, you know, just wanting to have my voice heard to, um, to contribute, you know, through this avenue, through this channel. Um, but I'm just so happy and delighted it did happen. Um, and um, I, I think, I hope, I suspect, um, the whole experience is richer for me, um, that I can have a perspective that maybe I wouldn't have had, um, and maybe um, I definitely have more time um, to spend in this way and develop, hopefully develop a career over time. Um, so it's very rich and it's very beautiful that it's coming now. Yes. And I, I call it that we're writing in life's sweetest third. Love and, it. Yes. And one of the words you use in your book is Kleinemann, which means that I think those of us um, in the writer's world after 50 have taken a slight swerve that changes everything. And I think you put that beautifully into your book. And I think it could be the theme for writers over 50. Thank you so much. You know, uh, we have, my husband and I have a saying that someone gave to us um, thinking about your life and, and, you know, the, the span of a life is that in the first third of your life, you learn, you know, you're learning about life and how it works and that sort of thing. And then the second third of your life, you earn, you know, you're busy supporting your family or pursuing what you have to do to, you know, put food on the table and keep a roof over your head. But then the third half of your life is return. It's your opportunity to return to, um, to, to the world, uh, what you, what you've gained, what you've, what you've collected, the gifts you've been given, um, to just find a way to return everything, you know, for, for the greater good and for, for forwarding, um, for paying it forward. I love that expression too. So, um, I just think writing is a wonderful <laughs> avenue for doing all those things. Liz, you have such a sweet spirit. And I thank you for sharing with writers today and being on the podcast of Authors Over 50. And we just hope that you'll come back to see us again sometime. Thank you, Joy, for this opportunity. I would be delighted to. Thank you so much. And the very best to you and all of your listeners. And let's all just keep writing, okay? <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Please look for Authors Over 50 every Thursday when we will have conversations with accomplished debut novelists over the age of 50. Please subscribe and share with a friend. And check out my own publication journey after 50 at www. Dot Julia Daily, that's D A I L Y, like dailynewspaper.com. Until next time, keep reading and writing. And remember, it's never too late to fulfill a dream in life's sweetest third.